Hashtag Pistons Podcast. I am Joe. I'm your host, joined as usual by the esteemed Koo Cahill. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore truck. You can find Koo on Twitter at Koo Cahill NBA. We are back. We are recording. Um, this is pretty much directly after the Pistons' first game of the season, where they defeated the Indiana Pacers on the road 119 to 110. Several big performances we'll be able to talk about. First off, Andre Drummond with a monstrous performance. 32 points, 23 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 4 blocks in 41 minutes on the night. Um, Derek Rose off the bench, 18 points, 9 assists, efficient scoring. Luke Kennard with a career-high 30 points, also had a couple of assists to go along with that. Um, other, some other guys played pretty well, a couple guys didn't play so well, so we'll get into all that later. Uh, for the Pacers, both of their big men had a big game. Miles Turner had 25 points, 9 rebounds. Damanis Sabonis uh, had 27 points and 13 rebounds. Um, so, you know, it, it was a really entertaining game. And I I think, and a lot of other people said this, but a really nice, impressive win for the Pistons considering that Blake Griffin was out. Uh, so, yeah, um, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Uh, and so, Ku, just... First takeaways from this game. What do you What do you want to say about it? I I all I want to do. I want to get right into Andre Drummond. Okay. Let's. I do you want you me want to me start. start go Go for it, Koo. Have at it. Okay, I'll start it off. Andre Drummond just played the best game of his career tonight. I'm not trolling. This is not. I'm not uh, over exaggerating at all. This was seriously the best game I've ever watched from him. And I'm, there's just a few things I want to hit on. Cause I could sit here with the entire podcast and just gush over everything I saw. There's a few things I want to hit on, and then me and Joe can go back and forth. Andre talked all two seasons ago, all offseason. We saw it. He was working on his three ball. He was talking about the three ball. And right out the gate, we saw that development over the offseason. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to work. It, just, it, it is what it is. So that, But then this offseason... He talked nonstop about how he was just working on being a playmaker. He was working on staying to his game. He was working on driving, playing strong, blah, blah. He, he was talking about all kinds of stuff, basically with the ball in his hands, things that he wanted to work on. He was been improving on all offseason. Immediately, this was not like the – this. it would be different. If, once again, like if it was a three-point shooting and right off the bat, right off the bat you knew that it just wasn't, wasn't going to work. Immediately this season, the first game, he just dominated the game by doing what he said he was working on. Like legit, he had about he had multiple dribble drives that just left me like, "What the hell am I watching? I can't believe this!" I I was in my mouth was dropped for a majority of this game. Like he was driving, finishing strong, not doing no, not not going with the jump hooks. Instead, he was going straight into the body, just pushing people around. Sabonis was just getting bullied by him. Turner had no answer. It was and he. He dunked on Sabonis. I think it was either Sabonis or Turner driving to the rim on a dribble drive, dunked on them. Like, that right there should just let you know. He would just go up for like, a, what is it you would call it, like a left hook? I don't want to call it a layup, but it would be like a little running left hook or whatever, running left, like runner kind of thing. He just goes straight into the body today. He was bullying people. There was a time when he went up to dunk on Miles Turner. He blocked him, went out to get the rebound from the three-point line. And hit him with a filthy crossover, got to the rim and just finished, left him in the dust. There was another one. He left Sabonis looking for where the hell he was on a cross 
over on the way to the rim. Like, there was multiple plays where Andre showed off everything he was doing in the offseason, and it wasn't like the three-point shooting when he struggled. He immediately dominated a basketball game by doing literally exactly what he said he worked on in the offseason. And then the last thing I want to talk about before Joe goes is from the opening tip-off to the very end of the game, Andre Drummond was absolutely defensive player of the year worthy on defense. He was just dominant on that side of the ball. He was causing havoc in pick and roll like we're used to, but around the rim just challenging every shot, blocking shots. He had four blocks, I believe it was. Yeah, four blocks. He had three steals, and honestly, he probably should have had more, th- more than three steals. I don't know if they counted some of them as his steal, but he'd knock the ball out from somebody. He'd poke it while it's in their chest, and they'd end up losing it. There was multiple. He was just all over the place on defense. This was easily, for me, easily the best game I've ever seen from Andre. It's, he he looks like that he put it all together in this first game, and if, if we can get so, if he can play like this all season, not 32 points all season, not 23 rebounds all season, but the defense, the playmaking, the dribble drive, being capable of doing that all season, it's going to be tough to say that he's not worth the money that he wants. But let's not get I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Andre played a great game, best game I've ever seen from him, and it. it I really was just flabbergasted watching the entire game for real. Like I, I, I legit was just in disbelief from what I was watching from him. Um, so on the because a lot of people are saying that this is the best game he's ever played. Now I think that there's a degree to which that's underselling a decent number of other games he's played, but one that I still think I'm definitely putting above is um, a couple years ago the game against the Jazz. Uh, went to, I think it went to overtime. It might have ended right at the end. The Pistons did lose, but it was not too long after Reggie Jackson got hurt. And in almost 40 minutes, Andre Drummond put up 30 points, 24 rebounds, four assists, three steals, and six blocks. Um, and it, he was just tremendous in that game. Uh, I think I'd probably put that one over this one, but I mean, the reality is Andre's had a lot of really, really impressive games in his career, and this is at least as good as any of them. There's no question about that. Um, and, you know, I think that a big thing, like you said, is that, uh, you know, it's not always been a fair criticism, but there's definitely been at least some truth, just like with most things, where even if it's not as far as some people say, there's usually at least a kernel of truth to the idea that um, sometimes Andre's defensive impact is not as huge as the numbers sometimes suggest, um, which is, you know, I, I think anyone would agree with that. He, I'm, we are probably about as big of fans of Andre Drummond as they come, so I can say with certainty that even his biggest fans would admit to that because, you know, if you look clearly by counting stats, Andre Drummond's been like one of the best two or three defenders in the NBA over the past three years, and he hasn't been that good. But I would say tonight, even though he had three steals, four blocks, I would say that that actually undersold his defensive impact. Um, a little later in the game, he did start to run out of gas a little bit, uh, but it he was absolutely phenomenal early in the game. And even when he started to, you know, it looked like he was running low on gas. It's not like he started playing poorly. Just there was clearly a little bit less um, energy, but it's understandable. He played 41 minutes and was asked to do a ton all night. So him slowing down a little bit at the end of the game, is understandable. I'm not going to rail on him for that. But, yeah, just the fact that he had the three steals, four blocks, uh, 16 defensive rebounds, and I think that undersells the impact he had on the defensive end in this game. So, 
And like you said, he's not going to do this every night, right? 32 points, 23 rebounds. That's not going to be every night. But if he can play that way on defense every night and he can, you know, sort of just bring this same sort of energy on the offensive end where um, not necessarily energy because he plays with good energy pretty much every night. But the same what I mean by energy is, um, you know, not settling for jump hooks, staying within himself by and large. Uh, I'm not there. Are, there are like three plays and one of them he got it stolen. The other two he actually scored anyways. But there are like three plays. I was like, OK, that might be a bit much there, Andre. But the reality is if Blake's going to be out, you don't have a lot of good options. So you live, you can live with Andre forcing it a couple of times a night with Blake out. But by and large, he really played within himself, I thought. Um, he didn't do anything that was, like, exceptionally stupid. So just really an impressive night. And for all that, two turnovers only. I mean, that's it's really remarkable. And the cherry on top of it is that he did it against a front court in Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis that is widely regarded, and correctly so, I would say, um, regarded as one of the better and bigger, more physical front court pairings in the NBA. And he just, it didn't matter. He just took them absolutely to town. So, yeah, I mean, hugely impressive from him. If you want to add anything else onto that, you can. Otherwise, pick something else you want to talk about. Uh, it's just its just the fact that the, the biggest thing I took away from Andre, it's just, I don't Thing. I don't think I don't think Joe talked about this enough. The 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 way he was playing on offense is just it was different in an improvement. He was he was literally he was driving to the rim. Like anybody who didn't watch the game, I am not joking. I am not over exaggerating. There was multiple plays when he took the ball coast to coast, did a cro- a hezzy crossover multiple times, leaving big men in the dust and finishing at the. There was multiple times he was doing that. This. I'm not talking about AD Anthony Davis. I'm talking about AD Andre Drummond was doing this. There was multiple plays where he took her to the basket and finished with a nice little uh, right-hand reverse. There was one when he drove to the rim and just dunked on whoever was there. Like, in previous years, like I, I talked about this in my article about him last week, and I talked about it in the video I made. In previous years, Andre's settling for jump hooks. He's not being as as aggressive or using – I used to – I used Used to say that he never knew how strong he was, how actually how big he actually was. But that's why I used to say about him. This game, and he was showing in the preseason, he's using his strength. He's not going for the little finesse stuff as much. He's finishing he's trying to go at the contact, not shying away from it, which Joe talked about in the last podcast has to do with him being more comfortable from the free throw line, which he shot eight for ten from the free throw line tonight. So really it's just the thing that makes it just the best game for me is the fact that he showed that his game on offense, if this stays, if this stays true throughout the season, and he said that they said all season, him, KC, Stefanski said this, what he was working on. First game, tremendous results from it. If this is something that he can continue to do, even not as much, not even as much as tonight, but just continue to be able to do, then he just took a massive step on offense because that that was not in his game last year. Like he could do it every now and then, but if he did it multiple times, he'd probably make it like one of six times, and the other times you're just like, what are you doing? Don't do that, Bob. Stay within yourself. This right here, if this for real stuff that he can do, take bigs off the dribble and finish finish through them, over them, that is, that's, hey, I, there's nothing else I can say about that. And, well, I mean, the one thing, and you brought it up, but we've talked about it a bunch on here, but the fact that he's comfortable enough to go at guys when he has the ball, 
Um, we've talked about a bunch, but that is all a result of the fact that he fully believes in himself as a free-throw shooter now. Um, it was so obvious, you know, a couple years ago, with all those terrible, like, fadeaway jump hooks he would take, that he was just trying not to get fouled, because he was terrified of being fouled. And it sort of trickled into other parts of his game. So it wasn't just that he missed lots of free throws, but because he started to try not to get fouled, it started to impact the rest of his offensive game. And it's clear, I mean, you brought it up. And I think he did end up taking like one jump hook because he got a, towards the end of the game, um, he got a rebound and he kind of made a couple of pump fakes and he ended up doing a little flip hook, which he put in. But other than that, every single one of his shots were going at the hoop. And that is such an improvement. First off, Andre Drummond's actually a pretty good finisher around the hoop outside of just dunking it. And that's always been true. Um, he hasn't always been as good as he was tonight, but he's always been a pretty decent finisher around the hoop. So that's first thing. Second off, you draw fouls when you go at the hoop, which is good. Third off, gives him the opportunity to rebound his own misses, which when you're as good a rebounder as Andre Drummond is a very good thing. So just in every way, that really revolutionized. And it took a while for him to fully realize his potential within that, but I think that this could really be the start of something there because we started to see this more last season where more and more he was like, okay, I can put it on the floor and I can go at guys. And so, I'm, once again, he's not going to do this every night, but there's a real chance that this is a sign of things to come for him in that way. And look, like you said, he's not going to hit as many shots as he did tonight, every night. Some of the finishes he had tonight were very, very difficult finishes. He's going to miss those sometimes. And the key is just going to be if he can hit them at a good enough rate. So even if it's not like tonight, um, he if he can prove that he can really do this sort of a thing on a consistent basis, it's going to really be a challenge to handle him. I mean, it's already a challenge to handle him, but it's going to reach another level of difficulty. Um, you know, I'm watching this game. The reality is that the only thing that I'm worried about with him is, you know, depending on how much time Blake misses, but like, is he going to survive until Blake gets back? Because playing 40 minutes a game and doing as much as he was asked to do tonight, that is hard to do. I don't care who you are. I don't care how in shape you are. That's hard to do. So hopefully it ends up being, you know, five to ten games that Blake misses and Andre can just be Superman for a bit and then Blake comes back and he's able to relax at least a little bit. But uh, that's really the only worry coming out of it. And for what it's worth, Andre Drummond has been one of the most durable Ironman type guys in the league for years now. So if there's one guy that you'd hope will be able to do that, it's Andre. So, yeah, anything else you want to tack on to Andre or are you ready to move on? No, we can go on. Okay. What do you want to move on to next, Coop? You know exactly what I want to talk about. You want to talk about Derrick Rose? Yep. All right, let's talk about Derrick Rose. Go. No, I'd like you to go first. You'd like me to go first. Okay. Um, well, because of you, we've talked about Derrick Rose and the potential for him to be added to this Pistons team a lot, right, for over a year now. And every time that we've talked about it, um, other than obviously sometimes we're joking about it, or, well, I'm joking about it. But when we talk seriously about it, um, I've always said, right, that I wouldn't mind him because for all of his flaws, the dude can still get to the hoop. He can go and get you buckets, and that's something this team needs. And, oh boy, was that on display tonight. And so at the end of the night, 
Derrick Rose, 18 points, 9 assists, 4 turnovers. Uh, he shot 6 of 11 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. So let's see, seven. so 18 points on 14 shot equivalents, um, which is solid. Uh, the 9 assists is good. He'd be nice if he didn't turn the ball over so much. But, like, just the simple fact, and because obviously there are going to be nights where he misses some more of these shots, because some of them were really tough shots, so it's understandable, right? Um, but even if you consider that, right, and you think about, well, what if, even if we say it in a hypothetical sense for tonight, he misses, we'll just say, two more shots than he hit, right? So he shoots 4 of 11 instead of 6 of 11. Even then, you could see the value that he brings just in the fact that he is aggressive and he's going to go and try and create stuff. Because I'm on this roster, so obviously Blake Griffin can do that. Um, he wasn't 100% tonight, so he was pretty passive, and we'll talk about that later. But Reggie Jackson can kind of do that still. Um, Andre Drummond can sort of do that a little bit. It's a little different because a lot of it is offensive rebounding. But, like, the Pistons at best, other than Derrick Rose, have, like, two and a half guys <laughs> who are capable of really going and getting their own bucket and really being aggressive and creating offense out of nothing. And Derrick Rose adds that dimension to their team. And so even on nights where his shot is going to be off, you can just see the value that that is going to bring. And so you really, it's just great to see that. And, you know, look, I'm sure maybe we'll talk about it more tonight or maybe it'll be a different night after he's had an off night. There are issues with him still, but just the value that he brings and the fact that he's able to just attack the hoop, finish inside, draw fouls, just sort of as, um, you know, that safety valve for the offense, especially when he's playing with the bench. Um, it's just, it's huge. And so, who knows? I'm a little worried, I, I, I and it's something that we've talked about before, a little worried about how he'll hold up uh, health-wise, Dwayne Casey has a tendency to run guys into the ground, but man, his value is obvious, and he played a really good game tonight, I thought. So, go ahead, Koo. Derrick Rose is showing exactly why I said we should have signed him, why exactly I said it's a good signing. And let me just say this, his first possession in the game, or like second possession, I think it was, he turned the ball over, passing it to Andre. Literally the entire, every Rose hater, all of a sudden, my whole Twitter line was just full. And like, what the hell was that? What the hell is he doing? What's he thinking? So, you know, he, he they, they had their little moment, but he kept them quiet the most of the night. But, okay, seriously, though. Well, so, okay, one thing I can hop into that, okay? So, first off, Koo, we do want to make sure that every game we don't have the Koo complaining about Derrick Rose haters, all right? We understand. Um, but... Bigger picture is that, so with the turnover, okay, like, it was a bad pass, but I think the reality is that those people, the issue is that it's like, so once again, okay, you just need to be honest about it, right? Look, Derrick Rose, he's probably going to have, because of the nature of what he brings to this team, is he's going to force the issue, right? That's, like, the biggest thing he's going to bring to this team. Guess what? That means he's going to be asked to make some tough plays. Sometimes it's not going to work out. Now, like that opening turnover, that was just a bad pass. That's, you know, they're not really an excuse for that. But it does mean he probably is going to turn the ball over more than you'd like. He's probably not going to be a super efficient scorer. He's probably going to dominate the ball a little more than you'd like. But that's what you, 
that's part of the give and take. They need a guy who does the things that he did tonight, right? So even if he had shot poorly from the field tonight, even if Luke Kennard hadn't shot so well, so he hadn't had so many assists, I would still be sitting here saying, you can see what he brings to the table of this team, and it is something that, especially while Blake is out, they need desperately. So, sorry, go ahead. All right, in all seriousness, uh, Derek, let me just go ahead and say, Derek definitely was sloppy with the ball to start off the gate, coming out the gate. He was a bit sloppy with it. I think one of two of them, I believe, were uh, is just chemistry issues. One of them, he was thinking Luke was coming around for a handoff. He threw it out. Luke wanted to go the other way. And then the other one was with Andre. There was two of them I thought were just chemistry issues. Those will fix as he plays with them. But, yes, he definitely needs to be a little bit more careful with the ball. But I'm sorry. Out the gate, I believe he hit his first, what, I think he hit his first six shots. Yeah. So, actually, I'm pretty sure he went six for six. Then he missed the next five but got to the free throw line two more times after that. So, I think he, I'm pretty sure he hit his first six shots. The dude was just, he was, what a way to start off as a piston. He was dominating out the gate. And just and while I'm talking about Derek, I as well make sure everybody knows. Everyone knows that I'm the biggest Derek Rose fan. But no, everyone who is sitting here saying that he needs to start over Reggie, just please stop. And no, he does not. And no, I am not supportive of that just because I'm talking good about Derek. I've already had a few people say this okay. to me. I'd like to hop something in there, okay? Because you said so. He needs to take better care of the ball. I like that'd be nice. But I actually don't necessarily even this. Like, there's a couple passages, yeah, you'd like him to clean up. But once again, I see that as it's just a nature of what's going to come with it, what they're going to ask him to do. Like, if he has a high turnover rate this season, and he plays like he played tonight, I'm not even going to stress over it that much. Because, you know what? The Pistons don't need another ball handler who's going to be really careful with the ball, not turn the ball over, and whatever, right? They They don't need Ish Smith back. They need a guy who's going to say, screw it. There's going to be some ugly plays. It's not always going to work, but I'm going to force the issue and create things. So that's what I would say about that. I don't even think that he needs to take that much better care of the ball. I think he needs to play exactly like he played tonight. That's what he needs to do. Although, hypothetically, it'd be nice if he, you know, attempted a three-pointer, but that's another thing altogether. Well, yeah, well, basically, Joe summed it all up. I just think Derek played a really good game. I think the scoring punch of him and Luke off the bench is just going to be lethal. It was lethal in the preseason. It is lethal in the first game. And I think I seriously think that the they're – okay, I forget what the stat was. I wrote it in my, my first article with Detroit Bad Boys. I think it was 28 points per game from the Pistons bench last year. I don't know what it was. But Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard have outscored the Pistons bench total from last, last year, I, like each game they've played in so far. So like thus though thus those are outscoring our entire bench total from last year. That they're just that that tandem right there is gonna be lethal. And last thing I'll say, I absolutely lost it on that last Luke Kennard three when Derek got the offensive rebound kicked back out for Luke. Before Luke even shot it, Derek was jumping up with a three, and when he hit it, he absolutely lost it and went and jumped all over Luke and lost it. Those two really like each other. Derek has said multiple times in the locker room when I was there. He said multiple times in the locker room, talking about how much he appreciates Luke. Luke doesn't know how much how good he is, and it's his job to show Luke how good he can really be. And those two have obviously 
You see it in the locker room. You see it on the court. Those two obviously very much like playing with each other. They enjoy each other. It's just, And that was just – I thought that was really cool to see. I, I honestly screamed in my room when it happened. Okay. Um, because you brought him up, we can transition a little bit into this. So, with Reggie Jackson, so supposedly – now, you said that James Edwards said that it was his back, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, because he was listed as questionable initially, and then right before the game, he was listed as probable. So we know that he wasn't 100%. Um, it's supposedly, my understanding at least, is that it's not a huge issue. It's just kind of a minor thing right now. So hypothetically, he won't be so passive. Um, but I will say this for Reggie Jackson in this game. It's not like he played super poorly in the game in when he was out there. No, he was super passive. And once again, without Blake, they need that injection of forcing things. But he had five points and five assists, turned the ball over once in 20 minutes of game time. He was plus two. So i just like to toss it out there that it's not like he played like straight booty or anything. You know, just... But that's also kind of what I mean when I say that I don't actually think Derrick Rose necessarily needs to take care of the ball that much better. Reggie Jackson took great care of the ball. He was efficient. He didn't turn the ball over, etc., etc. But you know what? They needed... They, I would have rather him played like Derrick Rose did tonight than the way he played tonight, right? So that's that's just another thing with Derrick Rose. But I just wanted to put that out there. I don't know if you really feel like you need to add anything onto that. But just that Jackson, he's supposedly dealing with something, so not all the way right. So hopefully that's what it was and he gets over it. And for what it's worth, even within that, it's not like he was just dreadful. He just he was passive and he didn't do a lot. That's really what the issue was. So I don't know if you want anything else onto that or just uh, go on the, to something else. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, uh, like I said, and I I don't want to sound annoying, keep bringing up stuff that, uh, that I've written. I, I wrote this. I wrote this in the article I wrote today. Dare, I used to be a hater of Reggie Jackson. He slowly but surely really turned me into a, I'm a fan of his game. I'm a fan of him as a person. And I'm really, he's, he's turned me into someone who admires what he, he's become for the Pistons. With that said, he struggled a lot during the preseason. He didn't look he, – he struggled very bad during the preseason. And then in this game, like I, I tweeted this out, he, it's not that he played bad, but he didn't play especially good either. And, yes, James said that it was his back. He was, his back was acting up. He limped off the court after the game, which is fair. Uh, it, if he's dealing with the back issue, then fine. It is what it is. But – I have I have at least a little concern about it because he struggled. I think he really struggled in the preseason, and while this game he obviously was dealing with a little back issue. If the Pistons are going to be missing Blake for any period of time, like Joe said, we can't be having Reggie go out there only taking what? How many shots did he take? Three. Yeah, three he, shots. He can't he can't just be going out there. Uh, what do you say, Joe? Three shots. Yeah. Joe. He took three shots. All right. Well, anyways, uh, I don't know if Joe's here or not, but either way. We can't be having Reggie Jackson go out there and only take three shots in a game. Just can't happen like that. We need him to be more aggressive, especially with Blake out. So I'm at least a little bit concerned about that. Can you still not hear me? Apparently not. Apparently, Koo can't hear me right now. Um, but, yeah. So, I think that he's kind of dead on 
with that, especially if um, Reggie Jackson's going to be out for a while, or Reggie Jackson, if Blake Griffin is going to be out, um, they will need Reggie to play better. Uh, I agree that he didn't look that sharp in preseason, uh, but I'll just, I'll see, be, I, I'd rather wait and see exactly what it, the deal is with his back. If it drags on very far, then I'd be more worried about it, uh, but as it is, I'm not super stressed about it for the moment. The biggest stress I have is that I have him on my fantasy team, so that's going to be annoying. Um, while Koo's working out that, uh, I think we could probably transition into Luke Kennard. Uh, because he... Oh, Koo, can you hear me again? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Keep going with whatever it was you were going to say there. I mean, I, I got everything out, and you finished it up pretty nicely. I'm just a little bit worried about, about Reggie in general, I need to be more aggressive, and also the fact that he struggled in preseason just worries me, but hopefully... I think um, a good... Because you'll be at the game tomorrow night, right? Yeah. So, I think something you gotta... We need you to get on is try and, try and figure out exactly you know how Reggie Jackson is feeling. Like, is this something that is gonna be sticking around all season, or is he okay? It's just kind of a little bit of a bug. I think that's something you should you should be you should look into that tomorrow night for us. All right. Um, yeah. So I figure we could transition into Luke Kennard, who had a monstrous game, career high thirty points, um, shot ten free throws. Two of those were at the end of the game when they were fouling, but even without that, eight free throws within the actual game. Uh, shot eight of thirteen from the field, six of nine from three. Just a monstrous effort from Kennard. Uh, Koo, you could start us off because you were ta- you mentioned it earlier while talking about Derrick Rose. So just what's your take on Luke Kennard's performance tonight? Um, and again, we saw it a lot in preseason, and I, I'm I'm sorry to keep going back to preseason because a lot of people don't like to hear about it. But is going back to preseason, he's been a great, and that was the main thing last year. That uh, actually his whole career that Pistons fans have been wanting from him, management has wanted from him, coaching staffs wanted from him, just be aggressive, go out there and let it fly. You're skillful enough to do it. You're good enough to do it. You're a good enough shooter, scorer to do it. Just let it fly. And he's obviously understood that because going back to, like I said, going back to preseason, he's been just ultra-aggressive. And even tonight, he had multiple step backs. He created a lot of his own shots. He was on point on the catcher's shoots. He just played an outstanding game. And if Luke Kennard can take this step this year, because, I mean, before the season, a lot of people are just – with the, the Pistons win projections, they're not taking into account internal development because no one really knows how someone's going to develop, how a player is about to be this season from internally, like an internal development standpoint. So they just go off of what last year, and maybe if they're low on a player, they'll think he's not going to play well this season. But if Luke Kennard can play like this all season, not and once again, not 30 points, but aggressive and hit his open shots, be aggressive when he's on the court, if Andre Drummond can be this aggr- uh, be this aggressive and play well on defense like he was, if Derrick Rose can continue to be the one-two punch with Luke, then the Pistons are going to be a, a lot better team than people thought they were going to be heading into the season. I'll tell you that much. But Luke played outstanding tonight, just 28 minutes, 30 points. I mean, the one thing I'll say is that I almost lost it on Dwayne Casey. I almost lost it at my house when I saw Luke come out the game after scoring 10 straight. I, I thought he wasn't going to close with them. I, I was about to lose it. Like, I was about to go on full ramp when we did this pod. But thank God they called a timeout and brought him back into the game. So it is what it is. But, yeah, Luke Luke played great. 
team high plus 12 on the night. He played a great game. I, I can't wait to continue to watch him and Derrick Rose off the bench. Okay. Um, smaller subplots outside of those big ones. First off, Bruce Brown. Um, 29 minutes, 7 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 of 6 from the field. He didn't hit a 3-pointer. He didn't attempt one. But what we've talked about um, on the last podcast and what we and other people have talked about this offseason is, you know, with Bruce, one of the keys was even if he doesn't learn to shoot, he needs to find some way to contribute on offense. And we thought that based on a summer league and preseason, it's possible that he's improved his sort of control on driving and finishing at the hoop, that that can be something he can do. And I tell you what, he showed something about that tonight. And while it's still obviously going to be a significant issue if he just can't shoot at all, but he definitely brought something real to the offensive end. And I think that it may be for real that he really has refined his ability to drive and finish at the hoop. Um, I like there were a couple of possessions where they got him essentially a flying pick and roll where he ran into Andre Drummond had the ball. They did a dribble handoff where Bruce essentially got the handoff while going full speed and then into a pick and roll. I really liked that. I think that's a good action for them. Um, You know, so he had a few really nice passes. He had a few really nice finishes at the hoop. So just, I think that that could be a really big, um, and that was already, that was one of the bigger things that like, if you could improve, have one guy make an improvement somewhere this, this season, Bruce figuring out how to bring a real contribution to offense, that would have been up there. And it looked like he had in summer league in preseason and through one game, obviously it's just one game, but through one game looks pretty good to me. What do you think about that? I agree. And do you, is there anything you want to tack onto that, or is that pretty much it for that? I mean, they ran a Spain pick and roll a few times with Bruce, which I really liked. But I mean, I agree with everything you said about Bruce. Okay. I, it is what it is. I think he was pretty good on defense, and just like I, I said, also that if we're going to have him in the starting lineup, which I think they should start Luke, but while Blake is out, but if they're going to start Bruce, then you need to have him just be. He has to run pick and roll. Or not all the time, but he has to have the ball in his hands every now and then. Run a pick and roll, get him active, let him create offense. Because him just standing around is not going to do nothing, especially with Blake out. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I I don't think there's necessarily anything to tag on that. But just that, yeah, so just, it's one game. But through the one game, it looks like that may be for real. And that would be really, really impactful for the Pistons if it can be. Um, I suppose the other main thing... Christian Wood. So, Christian Wood got talked about a lot after preseason. Um, So, we had heard that Dwayne Casey was not a particularly big fan of Christian Wood. And that's the reason why they brought in Michael Beasley. That's the reason why they brought in Joe Johnson. Is basically, Dwayne Casey didn't like Christian Wood very much. And I would say that it's it's fair to say that that was pretty much confirmed tonight. Wood played for four minutes only. A short stint in the first half. Uh, He didn't do anything. He was, and for what it's worth, he was a train wreck on defense, and he didn't do anything on offense. And he got pulled, and he didn't get back in again. Thon Maker still played a bunch, even though he was, he evened out a little bit in the second half. He did a couple of decent things, but was mostly a train wreck as well. And Thon Maker kept playing. Uh, You you brought this up in the group chat a little earlier that. uh, you know, they were going small just to avoid playing Christian Wood in in minutes. 
So just, I don't know if you'll have anything else to add on to that, but uh, just, I think there's a very good chance that that was Christian Wood's shot and he blew it. Uh, I, once again, I had to, to try to watch my words now that I, I'm going to be around these guys all the time. But listen, Don Maker, you're a cool dude. You're funny. You're a nice guy to everybody in the locker room. But damn it, man, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I just can't, man. He just, uh, he was just getting, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I could give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, a little bit. Because like Joe said, the Pacers are extremely strong and physical front court, probably one of the most physical ones in the NBA. But damn, man, like he was just getting pushed around out there. He was he was missing open threes. I mean, and, and I, I won't hold you. He did. He had a nice pass to Andre, which Andre, and he had a nice uh, he had a nice offensive play late in the game. But I mean. God, man, it's just, I refuse to believe that Christian Wood's worse than that. I just refuse. I refuse to believe that he's going to be any worse than Thon. It's not like that the person in front of Christian Wood is just some monster, some demon. It's just, I just, I don't believe it. I refuse to believe that he can be any worse than Thon Maker. Maybe, maybe I've become such a Thon pessimist that I just don't see the things he's doing better than Christian Wood, but I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I'm sick of seeing Thon out there against the, When we brought Thon out there at center, I almost passed out out my chair. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I think Wood should be seeing the minutes over Thon, but it is what it is, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, he he did a couple of decent things in the second half. He drew a foul. He hit the free throws. Um, he had a couple of defensive plays. He drew the charge on T.J. Warren where T.J. Warren nearly died. Uh, but just, man. And like you said, this is a bad matchup for him, but... <laughs> He was a train wreck on both ends of the floor. Um, there was one possession where he passed it to Luke Kennard, and then Luke Kennard passed it to him, and it's like, go, go. Like Luke Kennard sees the play, and he's like, okay, I passed it to Thon, and then he passed it to Andre. We're all set. And Thon just like couldn't comprehend it in time. And you could just see how frustrated Luke was. Like, dude, do the damn play, and he just didn't do it, and that's just kind of how I felt all night when Thom was on the floor. Like, man, I don't know. I just, I think that he really ought not to be playing, like, almost at all. Um, I get that if Blake's going to be out, maybe you give him those backup power forward minutes, but it's pretty ludicrous that they just basically said, we're not going to play a backup center now because we don't want to play Christian Wood. Um, I get that Dwayne Case doesn't like him. And look, Christian Wood was a disaster on defense in the few minutes he played. He's been really bad on defense before. There's a reason why he has not been in the NBA very much. And that's why. But, like, man, you got him on the roster now. Like, Dwayne, the the argument's over. He's on the team. They cut Joe, You cut Joe Johnson, like... You're not you're not gonna cut him now, so you may as well give the dude a shot. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, so I hope that that was not Christian Wood's shot, and now he's just done. And Dwayne Casey's not gonna play him at all. But I've got a bad feeling that that may be the case. That we have that Christian Wood's chance has come and gone, unless there's some more injuries that come up. Well, like, I mean, I, I want to say, like I said, I had to be more say, but 
I think I think the most I the best I can put it with being respectful is I'm I'm out on Thonmaker game rotation minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm there too. Uh, just it just really is that the only thing he brings to the table is his energy and length. Sometimes results in the occasional nice defensive play, but outside of those, he's just so uneven. So he gets out of position a bunch. Struggles to stay in front of guys like he can't. If he could just manage to somehow level out the the majority of his defensive games, so that he could just sort of be, you know, a net neutral most of the time, and then occasionally make those really nice plays. Then I could see why you'd want him out there because that's like you know he doesn't do much on offense, but he brings at least something to the defensive end. But other than those occasional sparks of defensive effectiveness he's just a miserable defender so i just he's just bad on both ends of the floor and also and i i I think i said this this past offseason that i didn't care that people were saying oh thon thon he's gotten bigger he's been working hard i said that i didn't care because people have said that about him every offseason i think that we can emphatically say that he maybe he has gotten stronger it doesn't matter. He needs to get stronger than he is now, and he's like at least twenty, what twenty three, and possibly actually older than he's listed. So it just, yeah, I'm. He's a good dude. He plays hard. Uh, you know, if he's I, I, I wouldn't mind him being the fifteenth guy in the roster, right? Where if he occasionally has to play a few minutes because of injury or foul trouble, whatever, he'll go out and he'll play hard. You know, that's not the worst thing in the world, but just. Yeah, he should not be in the rotation. And, yeah, I think that's that. I think we're both there <laughs> on him. Yeah that's, that's the, yeah, that's the end of that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean. One thing I want to say. Yeah, go for it. Only, there's only one other thing I want to point out. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but there's only one thing I need to say. Um, Markeith Morris was not that good tonight. Uh, I actually, if I had to give a description of it, I'd probably say bad is how he played tonight. Um, he started off really bad, and he got going a little bit with a few post-ups on a lot smaller guys, but then, like, for some reason, Dwayne Casey thought, okay, he hit a couple of, let's go ahead and call some play calls to purposely post them up, and that just didn't go well. And I didn't, I, I think he was okay on defense in the post. He played hard, strong. He, I mean, he's going to fight because, you know, we know the Morris twins, they're physical. They're going to try, but uh, he wasn't that good tonight. His shot was off. I mean... I think that um, if he's gonna be, I hope he plays a little bit better while Blake's out. Because, like I, I mean, we're not gonna expect Andre to do this every night. We can't expect Luke to do this every night. Can't expect Derek to do this every night. I mean, we're gonna need something from Markeith, and tonight definitely was not good enough. I think that um, the matchup is affected him more because most most nights he's gonna be a significant plus on defense because he's got really good length. He plays hard. He mostly does things, you know, he makes good rotations. He's versatile. You know, he can guard guys on the perimeter on the inside. But just the reality is that the combination of Miles Turner and Damanis Sabonis, they're just both too big for him. Uh, so I think against most power forwards, he'll look a lot better on defense. And offensively, I mean, this is kind of just going to be a reality with him. It's going to be a little bit hit or miss. Uh, against some matchups, he'll be able to go get his own bucket. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, he had a couple of nice plays where, 
uh, I think it was TJ Warren got matched up against him, and he just scored really easily. So in those situations, if you can get him in the right matchups, you can give him the ball. But you definitely don't want to just be feeding him outside of that because he has a strong tendency to take mid-range jumpers. He's not a particularly good passer. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of just what he's going to be. Uh, not a particularly efficient scorer. Um, there's going to be some nights where he gets good matchups. I mean, look, we've had a Morris twin on this team before, right? Uh, he's not, he's, he's not, I don't want to say that they're the same, but there's a lot of similarities where there's going to be some nights where he gets a favorable matchup and he's going to be really good. He's going to be really effective. There's going to be some nights like tonight where he doesn't have a favorable matchup. He's going to maybe take a couple more mid-range shots than he should, and he's going to not be as effective, but I'm not worried about it. Um, most nights he'll be more effective on defense when he's not having to guard someone who's so much bigger than him. And, uh, yeah, and there's also some nights that he'll shoot better. So it'll be a little bit hit and miss on offense for him. But I think most of the time you're going to know that he's going to give you some solid defensive play. And that was just the reality is that against this Pacers team, that's hard for him to do because, and look, that's one of the big strengths that this Pacers team has is they do that to a lot of power forwards in this league. So I'm not too stressed about it. All right. Anything else you want to hit on? We're at like uh, 45 minutes, so we don't need anything else. But Nope, there's nothing else I need to talk about with the Pistons. I think tonight was a great win. We'll be back at it tomorrow. I'll be there. We'll see how it goes. All right. So, yeah. Okay, so that's the end of this podcast then. Um, but once again, Ku is going to be at these games. He's going to be at the game tomorrow night. So as a result of that, I don't know for sure if we will record right after the game tomorrow night. Um, also with my knee, I did see the specialist today, um, best case scenario, I've got an MRI scheduled, so I'll know for sure next week, but the best case scenario is I'm going to be put up for like six weeks. So content should be regular. Uh, we'll see what our scheduling situation will be for the games that Koo goes to. Um, but yeah, and once again, just as a reminder, if you've got anything that you want, uh, that you want to say to Koo about with him being at the games, whether that's a question you have for him that he may have noticed, or if there's a serious question that you want him to ask about at a game, um, just tweet it with the hashtag AskKu, and he will see it. And, yeah, so we'll see if we can get that going. Uh, any last thoughts, Ku? Nope, that's it. All right, so then stay beautiful, everybody, and go Pistons.